Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tennis Express. Please check them out this week by going to EssentialTennis.com slash Express. Thanks very much for joining me on today's episode. And today's episode is going to be a rebroadcast of a great interview that I did with Adam from FuzzyYellowBalls.com. He is the as Will says, the tech genius behind FuzzyYellowBalls.com. And to a great extent, his knowledge goes into digital video. And that's exactly what I'm going to be interviewing him about, asking him exactly how we can use digital video to make ourselves better tennis players by doing video analysis. And these days, everybody has a video camera, whether it just be in their iPhone or you know, smartphone, whatever kind of phone that they might have. And so he gives us a lot of great tips on how we can do that to make ourselves better. The reason why I'm doing a rebroadcast is because I am going to the U.S. Open early tomorrow morning. I'm recording this Sunday night. What is today? Uh, September 4th. And uh, taking a train up from Baltimore early tomorrow morning. And I'll be in New York City from Monday till Wednesday. So if you're listening to this and you'll be at the U.S. Open, let me know. Shoot me an email to ian at essentialtennis.com. I'd love to possibly meet up with you and say hi. So let me know. All right. With that, let's go ahead and get to the interview. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. My guest today on the Essential Tennis Podcast is Adam Semensky. He is the technical guru and uh, I guess you could say brains to a certain extent behind the, the technical success of FuzzyYellowBalls.com, also known as FYB on the internet. Adam, thank you very much for spending some time with me to talk about video analysis, taping our, our own strokes and the strokes of other recreational players. Thanks a lot for being on the show today. Well, thanks a lot for uh, having me on, Ian. I appreciate it. And uh, I know I definitely think that there's a lot that people can learn from videotaping their own strokes and particularly comparing their strokes to a pro. Um, a lot of people out there have have never seen themselves on video. And I think that sort of what a lot of players see in their mind's eye as they're hitting a stroke uh, sometimes mm -hmm. turns out to be very different from what their strokes actually look like. Um, and you know, I think it's very valuable for people to see themselves and to be able to critique their own strokes, uh, you know, as they see them. Um, and I think also video is just something that's very intimidating to people. Uh, it scares people. Uh, it, it seems complicated. They're not sure how to do it. It sounds expensive, all that type of stuff. And uh, I think a lot of that is, is not really the case. Um, video is, is easy to do if you're willing to dive in. And uh, it's actually not very expensive either. Wow. Well, I, th I think a lot of people are probably really relieved to hear you say that because there definitely seems to be a large price tag on, you know, current modern day digital camcorders, at least if, 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 you ha if you have the budget for it. But I think a lot of my listeners are probably happy to hear you say that it doesn't have to be super expensive. Um, we we'll get into all those things uh, in a, a couple of minutes. I actually want to hit on two other quick things first before we really get into the meat of everything. Uh, first of all, 
first of all, I want to wish you a happy birthday, Adam. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I am 20, I'm 29 years old today. Ah, uh, you're an old uh, man. I'm getting up old there, man. which means I'm counting down until I'm 30 now, which, uh, you know, is, is a big <laughs> step, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm okay. My dad called me today and said the same thing. So, uh, you know, but I, I'm confident in my age. I'm growing wiser over time. So <laughs> that's a good attitude. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to be hitting 30 in about seven months. So I'll, I'll let you know right. how it goes. I'll, I'll send you some tips. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, and secondly, I, I want to congratulate you, uh, both you and Will, on the success you've had at FuzzyOlaBalls.com. You guys started um, right around the same time that I started Essential Tennis, and you guys have just blown up around the internet uh, and on YouTube. And you know, the video and the content you guys are putting out is just second to none. And I just, I just want to congratulate you on on how successful the site has been since you guys have launched it. Well, thank you. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what a long, strange trip it's been, uh, you know, three <laughs> years, I guess now, um, you know, and, and when we started out, we had no audience and, uh, you know, through hard work and, uh, some serendipitous mistakes, <laughs> I guess you could call them. Uh, we sort of, we really found our niche and, uh, and, and we've been working at it ever since. So thank you. Yeah. And I hope you guys continue to do great. Uh, and, and you guys really do, I really believe put out an awesome product. I mean, and it, not when I say product, I, I don't even necessarily mean what you have uh, for sale, but just the the free, uh, you know, video production stuff that you guys put out of uh, professional strokes and recreational player strokes compared to professional strokes. It's a lot of good free content. So those of you listening, it's unlikely that you haven't been the fuzzy yellow balls already, but uh, if you haven't, definitely go check it out. And Speaking of high quality production value, let's go ahead and start getting into the specifics of shooting good quality video. And let's go ahead and start yeah, off. Right let's go ahead and start off with uh, cameras. And you, you made a, a statement in your introduction there that it doesn't have to be expensive. Please, please uh, expand on that because I know a lot of my listeners are probably waiting for you to to tell them what they can buy that isn't. $2,000 that'll still do a good job <laughs> in, in showing them what they're doing on the court. Right. Uh, well, you know, the first thing I would say is that uh, the technology is evolving so fast right now that people would be really surprised at the quality of camera that they can get for very cheap right now. And, you know, yes, uh, we shoot with, with cameras that are very expensive and have a lot of accessories, but that is actually not necessary to get good looking uh, or good quality video. Let me just start with, uh, you know, the, the basics. Most people nowadays, they're, you know, they're wondering, okay, if I'm going to go film my strokes, where do I start? Well, a lot of people have a camera that's built into their cell phone. Uh, wow. A lot of cell phones nowadays can take video, mm -hmm. particularly, you know, some of the, even the newer, the fancy ones can take HD video. Uh, you know, my, my Moto Droid X shoots uh, like really high quality HD video. Um, and it's super easy to uh, just bring over to the computer and upload to YouTube. Um, but a lot of other phones, even if it's not HD quality, that's certainly a starting point. If you're just looking to see what your strokes look like, point your cell phone camera at yourself. It's, that's absolutely free. And, you know, it, it may not be a stunning looking uh, picture, but, you know, you will get to see what your strokes look like. Um, and, and by the same token, a lot of people have uh, digital still cameras, kind of pocket-sized point-and-shoot digital still cameras, and most of those cameras have a built-in movie mode. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And those cameras will certainly have a higher quality picture. You'll get to see a little bit more um, with a point and shoot cameras uh, movie mode than you would with a cell phone camera. Um, okay. And let me expand on that a little bit further. One of the uh, one of the things that's very important to being able to to capture video that of of your strokes that's going to help you is being able to control the shutter speed of the camera. And this is sort of a, a little bit of a technical detail, but uh, the shutter speed is is the speed at which the camera takes a picture. And a, a, a movie camera or a video camera will take nearly 30 pictures per second. And then it plays those pictures back, you know, at, at 30 pictures per second, and it looks like motion to you. Mm-hmm. But the key is being able to control how long the shutter of the camera stays open uh, during each exposure. So even if the camera is shooting, say, uh, you know, 30 pictures per second, uh, you know, each exposure is not necessarily one thirtieth of a second. In fact, one thirtieth of a second, it would be a very blurry picture uh, when you looked at that, especially if you're trying to capture something fast moving like tennis. Sure. And if you're able to control that shutter speed and have the shutter only open for one one thousandth of a second instead of one thirtieth of a second, then you will get a sort of a more frozen look in each in each frame of the video, which is very important. To, it won't be blurry uh, is basically the bottom line. And uh, what I was essentially getting at was that generally with a, a, the cheaper the camera that you get, the less and less control that you have over elements like the shutter speed. Uh, a cell phone camera, I don't think there's a single cell phone camera in existence, for instance, that has the ability to set the shutter speed manually. Uh, but a lot of point-and-shoot kind of pocket digital cameras will have that ability. Um, and certainly as you get you know, more expensive cameras uh, down the line, those will have that ability as well. Okay. Uh, but you know, being able to control the shutter speed is not you know, something that is required to be able to see your strokes, but it's certainly something, it's, it's like one of the key elements, I would say, that will allow you to get a lot more out of watching your video when the action is actually kind of frozen in each video frame uh, rather than being uh, blurred. Yeah, and I know what you're talking about. I've I've had quite a bit of experience using flip cams, which are pretty inexpensive uh, HD video options, Mm -hmm. and they don't have an option to control the the shutter speed. And when I, just as an example of what you're talking about, when I shoot outside in direct sunlight at 30 frames, per second um it's it's nice and clean and and crisp you know each frame is nice and frozen uh, as, as you said uh but when i go mm-hmm. inside it becomes very blurry is that because it it makes automatic adjustments based on how much light is uh is available yeah that's exactly correct um that shutter speed adjustment is happening uh but it's the camera is controlling it and ah. the camera can, tries to control the amount of light that's coming into the camera so that the scene doesn't look blown out like too much light uh, is called overexposure and then too little light is underexposure. So the first thing that the camera will, you know, adjust is the shutter speed when it's trying to figure out how much light to let in. Uh, So generally, you know, if you're outdoors on a very sunny day, there's a lot of light coming into the camera. And so the camera can't leave the shutter open as long uh, or else it will be overexposed. So generally, if you're outdoors shooting on a sunny day, a camera with an automatic shutter control will actually give you a pretty short shutter time. Okay. Um, one one thousandth of a second, one five hundredth of a second, you know, somewhere in there. Um, I guess the, 
one of the small technical sort of details of it is, you know, why don't why don't all cameras, whether it's a cheap camera or uh, you know an expensive camera, why don't they all just have a fast shutter speed? I mean, why bother with a lower shutter speed, right? Um, why not just freeze the action on every frame? And the answer is that uh, the the human brain actually doesn't really like watching video that's shot with a with a shutter with a very high shutter speed. Hmm. To the brain, it looks like the picture is jumping basically. Um, if every frame is frozen. And so uh, for most applications, you know, not not many people probably are shooting sports video exclusively with their with their camera. Um, so the designers of those cameras try to try to make the video look as good as possible if you're shooting a wedding or your kid's graduation or something of that nature. Uh, I didn't know that. That's, that's interesting. All right. Um, yeah. So, uh, so let's say that my listeners um, want to get kind of an, an entry-level camera that allows them to have that control over settings such as shutter speed. What kind of budget are we looking at or what kind of cost are we looking at to, to get a camera that just, you know, I guess spend as little as possible but, but still have the ability to control and fine-tune those uh, settings to make it as good as possible? Well, what you were talking about the, the flip the flip HD camera, I think is right around two hundred dollars, and that's and that doesn't have the shutter speed control. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the one step up from that would be um, you and I actually talked previously about looking at some cameras that uh, would be good for filming tennis video, and we found or you found I should say a uh, a great kind of camcorder style camera for right under three hundred dollars. Yep. Um, that actually would do everything that you needed, um, including, you know, the ability to control the shutter speed. It has a very high frame rate. So it's actually kind of a slow motion camera as well, which a lot of people will find very helpful. Yeah. Um, and that camera was uh, was a Sanyo camera, S-A-N-Y-O. And uh, I can give the model name for your viewers uh, that we had looked at before, but I'm a fan of this camera, um, you know, based on its features and uh, the fact that it's HD. Um that model number is the V is in Victor P C dash F H one A, and uh, you know if your users type that into say Amazon or Google, uh, that camera will come up, and it's a it's a very cheap camera. Three hundred dollars is 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 at the very low end of you know what you would expect to pay for a uh, for a for an HD camera that you can control the shutter speed on and uh, that will shoot slow motion video as well. Uh, that's a fantastic camera. Um, yeah, I've been really happy with it, uh, and especially for the price. And it took me <laughs> dozens of hours of uh, Google searches to find uh, to find that camera. It, it around where my budget was and, and trying to find the features that I was looking for. Um, but yeah, it does. A thousand frames per second um, at a full 1080p uh, video resolution, which for three hundred dollars, I think is is outstanding. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, the other camera that uh, actually we have used in the past um, at FYB is uh, it's called the Casio Exilim camera, and uh, I, I think that's spelled E X I L I M Exilim. Um, and that camera is more of a uh, a point and shoot kind of style uh, of camera body. It's not a camcorder where you sort of you know you hold the camera on the right side of it, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, and you look through the viewfinder in the back. It's it looks much more like a uh, a photographer's camera. Right. 
but that camera will also shoot um, HD video. It will shoot uh, up to 60 uh, still pictures per second, which is actually a really nice feature if you want to record some high quality still pictures and get exactly the right shot. You know, you can you can have that thing take 60 pictures in one second, which is fantastic. Um, and uh, it'll record HD and it'll record up to, I believe, uh, 640 frames in a second, which is very slow motion. Um, and that camera, I think, comes in around $300 as well. Um, so, you know, at that, that low price point, um, you actually can get a whole lot of bang for the buck, basically. There's a lot you can do with a cheap camera. Nice. Uh, let me make a correction with something I said a second ago. The uh, the Sanyo, uh, I said 1,000 frames per second. That's not accurate. It does 60 frames per second at full uh, HD uh, 1080p resolution. That was my bad. Um, so uh, moving on. Uh, so let's say that we've got our, our camera now, Adam, either you know, an entry-level digital video camera using our cell phone or just maybe a, a flip cam for 100 or 200 bucks, or maybe even something a little bit more um, customizable and a little bit higher quality. Once we have the camera and we go out to the courts and we want to actually capture our strokes, can you please talk to my audience a little bit about what's important to capturing uh, video that's best for analyzing, meaning that you know, uh, I, I guess we could talk about maybe use of tripod and how to frame, you know, the, the subject, um, tips like that. What, what can my listeners do to create the best quality, I guess, production value for their own videos? Sure. Well, let me, let me, um, I'll sort of, I'll run through a little list that I have that I think is, is kind of uh, important stuff that will sure. really, um, will really cause people to get a lot more out of their video. Um, you know, the first thing is, most people do simply walk out to the court. They put their cell phone camera on the bench, you know, that's uh, that's right there at the net, <laughs> and they point it at themselves, and then you know they go, and that's certainly fine. It's great that first step, you know, that's that's the first step is just getting out there and getting yourself on video, um, you know, and then put that up on YouTube and get people to critique it, all that kind of stuff. Um, how do you up the quality? What are really simple ways that you can get more out of your video? The very first thing, very, very first thing that I'm going to start with is get yourself a tripod. And I know a lot of people out there are thinking to themselves, oh, you know, a tripod is like this huge thing that I don't want to go buy. It's 100 bucks. <laughs> you know, I bring it out to the court. It's got its own bag, all that kind of stuff. Um, just two things, you know, you can go to any, any photography store or any store like a Best Buy, Circuit City, if those still exist. I, I don't remember. But uh there are very tiny tripods called baby tripods that are five inches, you know, the legs are five inches long. Mm -hmm. And then up at the top, there's the screw that, you know, screws into the bottom of the camera. And usually those, you know, the baby tripods, you can get them and they have what's called a ball head, which is sort of the head that sort of freely rotates uh, around where it screws into the camera. And, the perp and and these these tripods are ten dollars. I've seen them for for ten dollars at, nice. uh, at a local electronics store. So, and and the reason that I just very very highly recommend that people pick one of those up is that when you level the camera, so you know the camera is not pointing up at the sky when it's supposed to be pointing at you. That makes a tremendous difference in how much you know you can get by looking at the video. Um, and it's so so easy to do. Ten dollars for that little tripod. 
then you can actually, you know, set the camera on the bench and you can rest assured that the camera is actually leveled and pointing at you properly. Um, you know, you definitely don't have to splurge for something super expensive. The other really cool thing that I, uh, that I would recommend is what's called a gorilla pod. Um, that's a, you know, a mashup between gorilla and tripod, I guess. Uh, and it is a baby tripod that has flexible but uh, strong legs, basically. Um, so you can curve the legs of the tripod or have the tripod grip onto something, basically, with the curved legs, which is actually really great for, um, you know, you can, you can latch the tripod onto the back fence of the mm -hmm. tennis court or onto a railing, uh, you know, if there isn't anywhere else to set the tripod, if you don't want to put it on the ground. Um, gorilla pods are also really cheap and, uh, you know, it's just something that can help you take that video to the next level by giving you a different angle, uh, you know, or being able to attach the camera to the back fence or something like that. Um, so that's number one, you know, number one step to improving your video quality, get a tripod and tripods are not expensive. They're, you know, $10, $20, um, you know, anything more than that, you, you might be wasting your money initially. Um, the second thing. Uh, and this is also something I see a lot is the framing of your shot. How is, you know, what, how zoomed in or zoomed out are you? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that's another thing that scares people. A lot of people are <laughs> hesitant to zoom the camera in, right? Because they fear that they, they, the camera won't capture what they're doing on the court if they're too zoomed in. Right. Um, so what you see a lot of, if you look at people's tennis video on YouTube, is just the camera is fully zoomed out from the net and the player is like an inch high, you know, uh, they're <laughs> right. tiny, tiny, tiny. It's okay to zoom in. And, you know, then the reason you want to zoom in is because the, the more zoomed in you are on yourself, the more that you're going to see of what you're doing. Um, and so I would really encourage people to play around for, you know, even five minutes with their camera on uh, zooming in and maybe zoom in closer than you think you might want to, uh, you know, to try to capture that, that one shot, um, the best that you can, uh, you know, on film. Um, so zoom is important and, you know, and framing is important, um, because that will actually show you a lot more when you're not a tiny little dot in the picture and, you know, you're actually, uh, large and in charge on the screen and you can see what you're doing. That will, uh, that'll help people a lot as well. Yeah. Um, and I think the third thing, so we have, you know, get a tripod, don't be afraid to zoom in. And then the third thing is uh, get, the, get the angle right. Um, you know, what angle do you want to shoot yourself at? Where do you want to place the camera on the court to get what you're looking at? Some people sort of just elect to, like I said, you know, put the camera on the bench there and then just let it shoot. And that's perfectly fine. That's what you would call a three-quarters perspective where the camera is not quite head-on facing you and it's not quite to the side, it's kind of shooting from a three-quarter angle, that's certainly an angle that you can learn a lot from. Um, you know, you can see the whole stroke, uh, et cetera, so that's, that's not a bad angle. But what people shouldn't be afraid to do is play around with looking at um, different angles of filming yourself from. Um, a, you know, let me, let me give you an example uh, on the forehand, right? you want your contact point on your forehand to be a little bit out in front of your, uh, your foot, right? So out in front of your body, uh, a little bit in front of your foot, ideally. And a lot of players certainly have trouble rotating back towards the net 
And so they end up making contact with the tennis ball like in line with their body rather than a little bit out in front of their body. And exactly how far out in front of your body you're making contact with the tennis ball at is hard to tell from a three-quarter shot or from a head-on shot. Right, yeah. So what you might want to do is look, you know, directly from the side, like shoot looking down the baseline. And, uh, you know, then you'll be able to see exactly where your contact point is um, from the side perspective. Um, and, you know, that's something that uh, that a lot of people don't do. Or, you know, another super useful angle is, of course, the back angle, the, the sort of the TV angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that lets you see the whole court. It lets you see your strokes, you know, from behind. It lets you keep track of your footwork um, and sort of, <clears throat> sorry, um, you know, the back angle uh, from a brain perspective helps you identify with what you're seeing. Anytime that the camera is behind someone, um, it's much easier for people to put the for the viewers to put themselves mentally in the player's shoes, uh, if that makes sense. Sort of you're mm-hmm. seeing from behind them visually makes sense to people more so than uh, shooting from the side or from the front. So that can be a very useful angle as well. Uh, you know, when you're trying to figure out what you're what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. Okay. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, next, I, I want to move on to one more main topic before we we run out of time, uh, and that has to do with editing software and actually working with the the video files. So, so once our listeners have gone out and and gotten whatever camera they're going to use and they they're using their tripod they're framing themselves correctly they're positioning the camera in the right spot and they've actually taken that that footage what do you recommend adam as far as looking at it past that Uh, in other words transferring it to the computer is there certain software that you recommend to be able to to view video in in slow motion or frame by frame uh, that sort of thing what do you think Okay, let me. I'm going to jump right into that, but there's one other thing that I wanted to mention really quick yeah, about sure. making your video look a little better, getting a little more from it. And yeah. that is a, a very simple thing that you can do is make sure that you are like frontally lit or that you are lit properly by the uh, sun when you're shooting. <clears throat> this gets into something that in photography is called backlighting. Mm-hmm. And what you don't want to do, and I wish I could kind of draw a, a simple diagram, is you want the camera to be on the same side of the player as the sun. So if the sun is in the southern sky and, you know, you are playing, you want the camera to be pointing at the side of the player that is lit by the sun. So let me give you uh, an example. What you wouldn't necessarily want to do or, you know, what will certainly make your footage look a lot better is imagine, you know, if you are playing with your back to the sun, Mm-hmm. You don't want to be shooting at the front of you with the camera because mm-hmm. the back of you is lit by the sun and the camera will cause you to basically completely black out. It won't pick up any detail because you are in you're you're creating a shadow with yourself from the sun. Right. Uh so if your back is to the sun, make sure the camera is behind you. If you're if the front of you is facing the sun, then have the camera in front of you. That's not required. Uh you know, you can certainly shoot a shot that's backlit. Uh, but it will, but it will definitely take your video to the next level. Also, uh, just being conscious of where the sun is, you know, when you're when you're shooting yourself. All right, good stuff. Um, you should uh, you should teach a photography uh, class, Adam. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I was, you know, <laughs> maybe I'll set up a website. 
Um, so let's jump into your, your other question was, you know, how do you edit this stuff? How do you yeah. get it onto the computer? How do you edit it? How do you look at it? Um, you know, is that expensive? Because certainly, you know, the, the video software we use is thousands of dollars, right? Well, you don't want to do that. You want it to be free or very cheap. Um, so, you know, starting with how do you get it onto the computer? Uh, most cameras nowadays are very straightforward in that when you buy the camera, there's either software that comes with the camera in the box, or you simply just plug the camera into the computer with the USB cable, and it it you know opens up the uh, the transfer wizard is is I think what it's called on the computer when you plug the camera in. Mm -hmm. um, that sort of very straightforward. Um, you you know you bring the the video clips over to your computer uh and gone gone are the days where your your video was on tape and then you had to transfer <laughs> the tape to the computer you know we we still sometimes do that but you know whether you're shooting on a cell phone camera particularly if you're shooting on a, a digital still camera if you're using the movie mode um or if you have a uh that Sanyo camera or the Exalum camera that we were talking about, all those cameras, you know, you just, you take the USB cable, you plug it into your computer exactly like you would do if you were transferring uh, digital pictures from your, from your still camera. Sure. Works exactly the same way. Um, so, you know, once you get the video, you copy the video clips over to your computer. What do you do now? How do you edit them? Uh, the, the, the first question is, uh, exactly how much editing do you actually really need to do if you are not if you want to watch the video yourself and you don't want to send the video up to youtube you actually probably don't need to do really any editing at all uh, you can leave the video files just as they are and and what you're more looking for at that point is the ability to go frame by frame through the video um, unfortunately Back in, the, back in the day with the computers, say back in the 1990s, Windows Media Player, the free media player that was included with Windows and is still included with Windows, they removed the ability with Windows Media Player to go frame by frame through a video. You can no longer hmm. do that. And why they removed that ability, I don't know. But the good news is that the program that I use personally to go frame by frame through video is a program called Media Player Classic. And if you Google for Media Player Classic, you know, a whole bunch of downloads will come up. Perfectly safe program. <clears throat> it's a very small, very lightweight uh, video viewing program that uh, allows you to go frame by frame. And actually, Media Player Classic was, um, was created and was designed as a reaction to Media Player becoming too bloated and removing the features that people really wanted. Hmm. Okay. Uh, like being able to go frame by frame. So that program is 100% free, very easy to use, very quick to download. And, uh, you know, you just open up your video files using that. And then the left and right arrows on your keyboard give you the ability to go one frame forward or one frame backward. Uh, it's very, very simple. Um, so that is the first thing I would recommend. If you don't even want to edit your video once you get it onto the computer, mm -hmm. just pull it into uh, Media Player Classic and go frame by frame. By the way, um, uh, for for my Mac listeners, QuickTime uh, does uh, the frame by frame with the arrows, uh, like what Adam is yes, uh, describing. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. If you're, or even if you're a PC user, you can download QuickTime as well uh, ah, yeah. for the PC. And if you already have QuickTime, great. You can you can open up your videos in the QuickTime player. It'll do exactly the same thing. Good stuff. I guess I'm just partial to uh, to Media Player Classic. I love that program. Um, so if you actually do want to edit your video, 
um, or if you want to send it up to YouTube, uh, for instance. Uh, I, would, I would recommend sticking with the free programs that are already included with your computer. Okay. If, you are a, if you're a Windows user, uh, there is a program called Windows Movie Maker that's included with Windows and it's completely free. And if you are a Windows user, you can click on your start menu and you would go to uh, programs and then the accessories menu and you should find Windows Movie Maker there. Uh, if it's not right in that main list, it might be under entertainment or uh, multimedia, you know, wh whatever the case may be, but it's, uh, but it's in there. Uh, or look for it on your programs menu. And if you're a Mac user, there's, uh, there's iMovie, which I'm not a Mac user, but I imagine that iMovie is pretty straightforward to find. Macs are pretty easy to navigate. Um, so that would be the program you're looking for there. And uh, the purpose of editing a video, generally, 90% probably of what people want to do when they edit a video is clip out the dead space at the beginning, you know, them right. pressing record on the camera and then walking out to the court and then hitting. Um, <clears throat> so they want to cut out the dead space or they want to cut out bad shots mm -hmm. or they want to cut out the good shots so they can, you know, so they can upload only the good shots to YouTube uh, or show them to their family and friends uh, or their coach, I guess. Um, you know, so that, so most of what people want to do is cut um, and or crop, I guess you could say. Um, and that's very easy to do with both of those programs, with iMovie and uh, with, um, with Windows Movie Maker. Uh, and then, you know, of course, after you're done with the, with the simple editing, um, and you can also, in, in, in those programs, you can level the video. You can rotate the video uh, in those programs. So that if the camera wasn't quite level when you filmed, uh, you know, you can go in and rotate the video so that it becomes level uh, hmm. in the editing program. That's another big thing that uh, that I do quite a bit. Um, and, uh, you know, and what else? Uh, so the last step, I guess, is, you know, get your video online or share your video with uh, with people. The simplest way to do it, of course, is is YouTube and uh I highly recommend YouTube. It's so easy to use. Uh, you know, you go to YouTube, you create an account with them, you upload your video, and YouTube handles all of the uh, all of the coding, basically uh, taking your video from whatever you know, format your video camera shot it in into being able to share with everyone. Uh, and that's fantastic because once it's on YouTube, anyone in the world can critique it. You can just, uh, you know, if, if your coach wants to take a little look at your strokes, then you can just send him the link to your YouTube video, you know, all that kind of stuff uh, in an email. So that's uh, that's very powerful, and that's something that we haven't seen before. But you'd be stunned at how many, if you search for my forehand on YouTube, you'd be stunned at how many people's <laughs> forehands are up there on YouTube uh, waiting to be seen. Um, and, you know, the other thing is, you can certainly take your videos once if, if they're edited up and you can put them onto your cell phone or, you know, so you can take them and you can show your friends uh, your forehand on your cell phone, that kind of stuff too, which is, uh, which is all cool. Or put it on your video iPod. That's another big one. So uh, yeah, tons you can do with video now. Or uh, compare their technique to that of the pros on fuzzy old balls, right? <laughs> well, thank you for, for leading me so kindly <laughs> into that. One of the, uh, you know, and I actually did want to mention this, and thank you for, for bringing me back to that. Yeah. Is one, of the, one of the really big things that people can learn a tremendous amount from is split screening themselves side by side with a pro or watching how a pro executes a stroke and then comparing, you know, that to their own stroke. Um, 
you know, we have a, a ton of clips, like, well, almost a thousand clips now, but certainly hundreds of clips of uh, pro players from Indian Wells hitting their shots, their fore, you know, like their forehand, their backhand. We have people like Roger Federer or Nadal or Tommy Haas has has flawless technique. I actually really like his forehand. Um, you know, or on the ladies' side, we have Ivanovic and all these other top pros uh, up there. You can open up a YouTube window with the player, you know, with whatever player you want. You can look at them, and then you can open up, say, Media Player Classic with your own strokes, and you can compare side-by-side side yourself with a pro. And uh, it's actually very interesting because what we have found, and uh, we have a course on this, which if, if people haven't seen it already, I really, I really highly recommend that people sign up for this course. It's free. It's about 45 minutes long, but we show you – exactly what separates amateur players from pro players, you know, using video. And uh, in, that, in that course, we look at three different amateur players. Sort of one is a very beginning player, had played about a month or two. You know, another guy uh, was a little better, and then we had someone who had played in high school, uh, you know, but was, was looking to improve. Mm -hmm. And what we saw with all of those people, when we looked at their strokes on video, and we split screen them side by side with uh, with a pro player like Tommy Haas. Uh, it's it's actually very stunning, sort of what the differences are. And it turns out that you know a lot of players aren't doing sort of very basic thing, uh, very basic elements. I guess we call them the fundamentals. But uh, that I think is really where video shines is the ability to go out and capture your own strokes and then compare them to something like the fundamentals. What are all the pros doing the same, and what am I doing or not doing? Right. Uh, when I hit a forehand or a serve uh, or a backhand, that I think is very powerful. And I think that's that's really where video shines. And that's what people should be trying to do is get out there, you know, take take a risk, take take your cell phone camera, you know, your still camera, your your cheap video camera to the court, shoot some video of yourself and then look at yourself side by side with a pro. And, uh, you know, if you can get over how good their strokes look in, in comparison to yours, it's really a lot that you can learn uh, from doing that. I think it's a, it's a tremendous resource for people, and it's something that was not doable or extremely hard to do even 10 years ago. So how, uh, how can people access that free uh, instructional video? Uh, if they go to fuzzyyellowballs.com, I think we have a, a sign-up box that's um, right on, the, on like the right-hand side of the website. Um, and it, I think the website's going to be redesigned as well pretty soon. So I think there might just be a big honking box right at the top of the website that says sign up for our course. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Get it there or uh, go to our website and click on the Pro Strokes library right up at the top. And uh, that's where all of our pro player footage is. And there's tons of stuff in there. There's hundreds of hours probably of footage in there of pros hitting uh, in slow motion, high def. It's great. So and it's all free. So take a look. Awesome. Well, I, I know that, uh, just like myself, I, I know that my listeners are, are going to find it really obvious why Fuzzy Old Balls has been so successful. It's easy to tell that you're really passionate about this stuff and, and really creating the best possible video, video experience that you guys can. And Adam, I want to thank you for spending the time with me to share some of your knowledge and what you've learned about creating great quality video and using video in general to help improve the games of, of tennis players. Um, thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. Yeah, well, uh, absolutely. And thank you for, 
Thank you very much for having me on. I am glad that I got to share uh, with your listeners and to all of your listeners, I would say, good luck with your video. I uh, can't wait to see the improvements that you made. Bye. I can the script. Thank you. All right. That does it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you enjoyed this rebroadcast while I'm out of town. Again, if you're going to be in New York City, please let me know. Shoot me an email to ian at essentialtennis.com. It'd be great to meet up with you. And I'm looking forward to getting on the show with some new questions to answer next week. So until then, have a great week, everybody. Enjoy watching the end of the U.S. Open. Take care, and good luck with your tennis. Tennis.